Good morning. This is Open Mike Eagle, and welcome to my podcast, Secret Skin. It's a very special episode. On this episode, we have an interview with my good friend and uh, world-renowned stand-up comedian, Hannibal Burris. That's coming up real soon on the program. It's been a very cool week. Uh, we made an announcement. Have a new album on the way. Me and uh, Paul White out of Great Britain, we made an album called Hella Personal Film Festival. And we put out the first single for it. It's called Check to Check. Premiered by the Pitchforks. For any of you guys, you uh, Secret Skinners, Scandinavians, um, special Skintress groups that haven't heard the song, I'm going to put it again at the end of this episode. Because I love you. The album is available for pre-order now. If you go to Bandcamp and search me and Paul White and Hella Personal Film Festival. I think it's OpenMikeEagle360 at Bandcamp.com or something like that. There's not an at sign because the website is not an email address. My mistake. Well, please do pre-order it. It's due out March 25th. Got a couple of dates I want to plug real quick. Me and Serengeti will be in Chicago, in Madison, Wisconsin, in Milwaukee, and Minneapolis from uh, February 18th to the 21st. Check out MikeEagle.net for specific dates and venues. Tickets for those shows are available now. Now, our interview with Hannibal is a long one. My editors, they were leaning on me this week. I should tell you guys, uh, I have a celebrity editor who shall remain secret. But shout out to my celebrity editor. But our talk went ran long, so I'm not going to keep this open going for very long. I have Hannibal on the show this week, and... Uh, I know him being a good friend of mine and being also a very famous person. I've had a lot of people ask me um, how come he hasn't been on the show. Um, this is going into ep- this is episode 46 now. So, a ton of people have asked um, how come Hannibal's not been on the show. And I start off our conversation by addressing that very thing with him. And uh, without any further ado, I'm going to get into it. This is my talk with uh, Hannibal Burris. There's a secret radio hour. This is Secret Skin. There's a secret radio hour. There's a secret radio hour. There's a secret radio hour. Man, it's funny, dude. Uh, You know, I'm about... Damn, they're close to 50 episodes deep in this podcast. And then, yeah. You know, you, you know, you got the number one requested <laughs> yeah. guest from day one. When you go ahead, Hannibal on. When you go ahead, Hannibal on. When you go ahead, Hannibal on. Um, 
and it's a weird thing I try to explain to people, but it's like with you and with like Serengeti, and kind of like with bus driver too, even though I've had bus driver on once, it's a little difficult to interview somebody if you know them too well. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. you feel like, I already know the answers to most of this shit. Oh, you, well, know, you have to play goofy for the audience. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what I was going to say, too. If I ask you <laughs> something that you know I already know, <laughs> you know what I mean? just, just help me play along for the people out there. Uh, we go back a long way. Yeah, 2001 yeah. or 2000? Yeah, yeah, and I was thinking about it today because uh, you went to Whitney Young for a bit, so we didn't know each other then. That's that's the high school I went to when they had the... the uh, Academic seven, Center. Academic Center, which is the 7th and 8th grade program. And the was, gifted program. That's right. Just so people, you know. <laughs> <laughs> students bust in from all around Chicago. All yeah. parts. What uh, part What part was you bust in from? The west side, like North Avenue and Austin. How far was that from Whitney Young? Because it's on the west side. Too, that, but it's like from, you know, Whitney Young is more downtown-ish. Yeah. Than, so it was about, I guess... Uh oh yeah, it was a long ass bus ride because it's picking up a lot of people. Oh, like school bus. That's yeah, where it's happening. Yeah, some school bus. Uh, so it would. I think with no, you know, as a as a as a car ride, it would be maybe twenty something minutes. Right. But that was about an hour and some bus picking up folks. You know what? Uh, I wish I could say I didn't have any experience taking a school bus to Virginia, yeah. but I had uh I had broke my leg my sophomore year. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, so they had me on the school bus. They had you on the Aki bus? Well, it was mostly the hearing impaired bus. Oh. So we was to have some wild ass bus rides, man. Yeah, wild. it's a uh, interesting situation. I got kicked off the bus. Well, how'd you get kicked off the bus? In eighth grade, 7th grade or 8th grade? I think it was 7th grade. I uh I used to moon people. <laughs> <laughs> so wait a minute, wait a minute. So how so so what was the story of the day you got caught or whatever? The dude I got too cocky. Yeah. And I was it was uh it was a short bus. It was the the four row right. joint. The little half a bus. Yeah. yeah. And so I used to always do it from the back and I got I got cocky. <laughs> I did that shit from the first seat. Wow. And the bus driver looked back and was like, Whoa and I got caught up. Damn. Yeah. That sucks. Got man. kicked off the bus, and then so I had to take public transportation to Whitney Young from the <laughs> West Side, which is even tougher than being on a school bus. You had to take the Austin bus down to Jackson, and Jackson bus from Austin, where it starts at Austin, all the way down to uh, to Whitney Young, which is uh, Whitney Young's Laughlin. Yeah, let's say fifty blocks roughly. Damn. On the bus, stopping, having to be on there with crane kids. Yeah, oh, no. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Crane. Hey, while I was in seventh grade. <laughs> crane, vo- was that vocational high school or whatever, full of big, yeah. humongous monsters? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I wish, you know, it's funny, man. I hear you talk about the, the your route there, and I'm like, man, I have no idea what the oh, yeah. is like. Dude. I have no clue. Like, Well, yeah, if you have no idea, then I really lost the audience. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, maybe. But ju- we'll just say it was dangerous. It was like, da- it was dangerous. It was and it was far. Right, fifty blocks in Chicago is about uh, what's that eight eight uh, so six miles. Yeah, but with lots of stops and and no sidewalks over there. 
Yeah, Westside uh, known for its lack of sidewalks. What? Westside sidewalks? Some of it. Some of it don't though. Some oh, of it is man. just buildings and in the street. Like, and ain't no sidewalk over there. I always found that really interesting. I don't know that part. Am of I making that shit up? I don't know if you're making it up. There might be some lore. <laughs> yeah, there <laughs> <laughs> might be some busted sidewalks, but there's sidewalks. So you went, you you went for seventh and eighth grade and eighth grade to Whitney Young. Yeah. How come you didn't go to high school at Whitney Young? They, uh, they. Asked me to leave. Damn, you got kicked off me the to bus leave. and <laughs> didn't get invited. I wasn't a great. I wasn't a great student. There. I didn't handle the adjustment from being at a small, private Lutheran school to uh-huh. being in a big high school. I didn't handle that well. So what was was there an incident? What was it a collection of small little things? Lots of small things and just uh, irresponsibility. Huh. Uh, and so I graduated, and then they didn't tell. They just sent me. He just sent a transfer document <laughs> to Steinmetz to my house. Damn! Just <laughs> to my local school. They just sent the, yeah. It was just whatever whatever neighborhood I would have been in, they would have just sent the transfer to that. Did you end up going to, you didn't go to Steinmetz though. Yeah. You did? Yeah. You ain't doing any academic decathlon stuff, did you? No. Okay. But that was you funny. you would have had a vengeance. Like, you would have been like, kill Whitney Young. You, you know, know what was, I mean? uh, what's funny is that I uh, that was when uh, my he, he talking about the yeah yeah they was it was a movie called Cheaters right, right, on right, HBO right. about Steinmetz cheating and Whitney Young being a the powerhouse. So we used to I used to, when I was in seventh eighth grade we used to make fun of Steinmetz right <laughs> <laughs> like oh the cheater school Steinmetz oh, <laughs> we sucks. go to Whitney Young the smart school and then, you and then I ended up at the cheater school damn. And then when I would talk to my friends that still went to Whitney Young, they were like, oh, the cheetah school. You go to the, oh, shit sucks. I could have went to Providence St. Mel. Yeah. I thought about it. I tested for there, and I could have got a scholarship. I don't know why I didn't go. I think it was just something about, I don't know. But I was. it just seemed like a, Providence St. Mel is like a private school. Got a high college admission rate. Uh, but, yeah, I just didn't do it. I mean, so you've always, were you all, you know, in, in kind of advanced program, kind of gifted kind of school situations? Well, no, only for two years at oh, Whitney yeah. Young. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. But no, I was, did really well in grade, in grade school up until sixth grade and, you know, was spotty from seventh grade to uh, high school. Hmm. Sp- Flashes, flashes of brilliance. Yeah, flashes of brilliance. <laughs> a very spotty report card. Like, oh, he has a uh, an A, three C's, <laughs> D minus. I mean, you know, and and we did meet at SIU, and we all know SIU is the center of underachievement in Illinois. You know yeah. what I mean? Like all sorts of people there with all sorts of abilities that didn't really apply themselves. Typically, yeah, people ended up at SIU. So, like, did you, I mean, you know, having them flashes of brilliance, did your family have, like, high expectations? Or, yeah. Yeah? Oh, a lot. Yeah, they were. Especially my dad, because I had crazy test scores. In, right. Um, right. So, so that's the kind of thing. You would you would take the standardized tests and do really well and yeah. end up in these. They were like, you got the fucking, yeah, you got 90s and all, 95s and all. Now what the fuck? Had a boat. Nah, he wouldn't say it like that. About to say, is that how your dad talks? Had a boat. No, no, I can't. 
I need headphones to properly I mimic my dad. I hear you. Yeah, you hear? Yep. I mean, I, I don't, I feel like, because I met your parents, but like, what was they like? Was they on you real tough to do well in school? And then when you didn't, like, what was they like? They weren't really on me. On me, it was just more of a, when shit would come, they'd be like, what? They'd be kind of upset. Huh. Well, I try to hide grades. I was good at hiding grades. <laughs> How did you hide grades? You had brothers and sisters too, right? Yeah. And so everybody gets their grades at the same time. So how did you hide grades? I don't know. I just remember I definitely hit them on, on some occasions. <laughs> of just, yeah. Also, Steinmetz had this thing where if you missed a class or if you skipped school, they had a, a robocaller right. where they were like, Hey, you you missed class. Such and such missed class. So it was all about beating that call, beating call. or always picking up the phone and weirdly rushing to the phone. <laughs> 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 Which, in hindsight, was probably super sketchy that a, behavior. That was a tell. It's probably a tell. a tell. Like, why is he so excited to get to the phone? <laughs> but they never figured it out. They yeah, trusted they, you. Yeah, they just. Yeah, I'm sure they got it. <laughs> they're not, they're not dumb so I mean, we you know I knew you on campus. Um, Ended up being an RA, yeah, in your uh, in your dorm for, I mean, at least one year, right? I think it was one year, yeah. And I and I if 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 my memory serves me correctly, was that the year you started comedy, or was uh, it a little before that? I think it was that year, but I started. I think you were my RA in fall of '02. That sounds about right. Going into '03, I started comedy. Spring of 02, which is my sophomore year. So, you know, I, I knew you around just in the social scene, SIU being a school where it's, you know, it's 22,000 students, like 2,000 blacks. So it's yeah. like we was our own little HBCU right. in the middle of in the middle of the state school. So everybody knew each other. Everybody ran yeah. to each other all the time. And, um, you know, I knew you to be, you know, a funny guy. But, you know, I, I didn't really take you for, like, professional stand up yeah funny me either. yeah so what 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 made you want to really do it like what was what was the what was the impetus for you really starting i went uh remember chidi used to do stand up yeah, yeah, my yeah. old friend chidi uh he i actually didn't know chidi did stand up yeah chidi would do open mics and stuff and so i knew i knew chidi from you know a couple years back before i even started at siu so he's a good friend so I went to the open mic because he was going. And now I this was, was on campus? It was on campus. Okay. Uh, in a big muddy room. The, the same room, room I saw. Under the student center. Under the student center. Saw Kevin Hart perform there. Right. Years back. Bill Burr performed there. Uh, and so I went with Cheedy and I watched people. Cheedy was good. Cheedy was really good. But it was other people that I'm watching. I could try this. Because mm -hmm. I was already in... The uh that the the acting the entertainment oops entertainment do you remember that all? Now that was like a that was a little acting troupe like comedy acting troupe yeah kind? well just plays in general I was doing okay. a, I was working on a play with them you was writing it no okay. I was just acting in okay. it I forget the name of the play but uh and so I had I was already in sort of a performing mode yeah. I wanted to do something and so I watched that I was like I could try this. 
if this is what it is, there's like 12 people there. Now, the oops thing, was that cross campus? Was that mostly black students? Yeah, it was mostly black students. Okay, so what kind of what kind of play was it that, that you was working on at the time? I think it was some comedy. I can't remember. I know we wore, we had like half masks on. Okay. I don't remember the name of the play. <laughs> I would have to ask somebody <laughs> if there's footage of it. There's footage of me acting poorly. Uh-huh. But, uh, uh, so yeah, I just saw it. Kind of demystified. It was like, oh, this is not because before that, all comedy I seen been on television, polish, pro. And so I was like, I can try this. And so they had the open mic there once a month, and then I went and tried it out. And was like, all right, this is fun. I like this. I was like, this felt like I just remember afterwards, my left leg just shaking. Like, oh man, that was great. I didn't even do that well, but it was like I got some laughs. You How know? long did you do that first time? Seven minutes tops, yeah. something like that. Five, seven minutes. You remember anything you said that first time? I had some jokes about, like, uh, dark skin jokes. I remember <laughs> I had dark skin jokes, like what people people always say. You so black, you purple. Like, what does that mean? Like, what is an African booty scratcher? Stuff like that. <laughs> so I remember some of it still holds up a little bit. <laughs> some of it still could probably be reworked and in, in working the set. Still don't know what an African booty scratch is. <laughs> I remember, I do remember hearing that all the time when I was in school, but I remember really freaking out when my school, and I ended up, uh, by the time the movie Malcolm X came out, uh, I was at a school that was mostly white. Yeah. And, you know, they took us as a class to go see that movie. Yeah. And the kid turned around and called another kid an African booty scratch, and I was just like stunned in my seat. Yeah. Like, that, that was like wait a minute that happened outside of the classroom i was in, you know what i mean like i thought that was strictly just some weird kid in my first yeah. second grade class saying i'm like oh that's a real term that's crazy wait the white kids say african booty scratch? no no, no, no in before, the movie well no the school i went to before like yeah. i went to school in the projects before that okay and so and then then african school. booty scratcher was a was a term yeah. that went around then um was that about booty say? scratcher it's <laughs> a weird thing it's an odd thing um <laughs> Um, so it was demystified for you and did you, did you have a lot of confidence to start? I mean, how many times did you do that for that open mic that was there? Probably did a couple other times, but yeah, after that I was like, yeah, this is it. I could, I, I could do this. This, this is fun. So my next show was actually with Lil Rel and a couple other comics, Wildcat and a few others. It was like a paid comedy show. I didn't get paid, but it was like, I think students paid $5 or whatever. And I opened up on that show and it went okay. Uh-huh. Probably a tape I wouldn't want to watch now, but for that time, <laughs> it was all right. Talked about campus shit. That's what also, while I was in Carbondale at, in college, I had that kind of crutch comedically. Right, you could just talk about stuff. I could stuff talk about everybody. stuff there. Yeah. Which led to me for those Two years and some change that I was down there lets me thinking I was way funnier than I was. I can see that because I was, it was easy to get press. I would get press for my shows because you just would email the person from the Daily Egyptian, the newspaper, that you like, "Hey, I'm doing this. Can you write something about it?" And they say, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> you mean it's not the same pitchfork now? It's not. It's not. It's not the same it thing. So it's probably the same dude. <laughs> <laughs> can can you write? I'm doing this show. Can you write a full article about it? 
Sounds good. <laughs> Who, who's on the show? Where is it? So what when, time so, is it? So can you remember when you first realized that you weren't as funny as you thought you were coming out of the SIU? I mean, I had some rough shows down there. Just place Muggsy's. I yeah. remember bombing at the spot Muggsy's that I would do well at normally. Uh-huh. And then not wanting, because the way to walk through, the the way to walk out is walking through the crowd. Oh, God. And I was like, I don't want to walk through that. <laughs> I don't want to walk through that through that crowd right now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was times where it didn't go well. But I remember having, you know, probably way better shows than I should have. Or even when we hosted so- Sunday school sessions, yeah, like yeah. those are really fun. Experience. I got to get those. Ta- I got old tapes from that. From oh, you recorded that. those? I recorded a bunch of those. So yeah. that was a joint. Um, it was like this kind of house party slash open mic. Yeah. That that used to happen down in Carbondale when we was all in school. Uh, your your DJ Tony Trim used to be at his house. Yeah. Uh, and you know myself and a bunch of the rappers in town mm-hmm. would all get together every week and do that. And I think about that a lot too, man. Uh, you know, Getty and Tony and you and uh, you know Umar, who's a world-renowned visual artist yeah. now. Like, do you ever think about that? Like, how is this weird talent pool down there? Yeah, I mean, I like, I, I appreciate it. Um, starting in that kind of situation around musicians, around right. poets, around rappers. I think it's kind of, um, you know, informed how I work now huh. and who I work with now and why I'm, you know, you know, hold, get you do these music events and different things like that. Like I, from when I first first started, I was around music and shit. Right. Music seems to be very important to you. Is is music in your act? Is music yeah. uh, around it? I mean, you know, and I've I've done a bunch of shows with you. Uh, have you ever run into any situations where you felt like, you know, people who were coming to see you weren't open to the music? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. A, I don't like it. I'm like, I'm always like, man, what is happening right now? What the fuck? This is. I just like this shit is dope. <laughs> so I'm backstage like, what the fuck? These people are just staring. But I guess you got to people. It's, it's just the same way where it's tough to surprise people with comedy. Right. It's tough to surprise people with with music. Like I've had at at when I at Knitting Factory when I would host at the main room at my show in Knitting Factory, I would have musical guests, yeah. and it would be a certain type of guest that would really get people going. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they didn't, if like I remember, I booked Prodigy for Mob Deep. Wow. And motherfuckers were, it was just, they were just like, no, we're here for comedy. Like, it was some people that, that was into it, but it was some people just arms folded. I'm looking like, motherfucker, <laughs> fuck, you know how much it paid to book Prodigy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've had, but yeah, other times I'm looking like, what is happening? But it's just, people aren't, you know, uh, sometimes they're not as open to it. But a lot of people are, and then you'll you'll see, you know, I've heard from people, and they'll say, oh, man, that was cool, and mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting that. So, you know, as long as you win some, it's just, uh, uh, yeah, I think it's just, I, th- I like it, and it creates a different energy, and, I, you know, I like the kind of variety show feel type of feel. But, yeah, sometimes it doesn't go how I think it's going to go, but... I don't mean I'm gonna stop it. Right. Yeah. 
most creators I know, you know, musicians, writers, comics of any kind, this is most of the ones I know anyway. You really get to talking to them or listening to them talk long enough. Like, their material is usually fueled by some kind of, like, inner conflict. Yeah. You know what I mean? Usually having something to do with, like, feeling separated from society in right. some sense. Now, I don't necessarily get that sense from you. Yeah. You know, but I want to ask you, like, how do you how do you feel? Or And, and it, may, it may be something to do with how you grew up too cause right. I don't know really but like have you ever do you feel like you're part of things do you feel connected to folks do you feel apart from folks depends on where I am huh, that makes sense <laughs> I hear that in some situations where I'm like this doesn't feel right <laughs> <laughs> I mean is it less and less now though cause you, you have more control over the people you're around right uh, I mean it's just you know sometimes in whatever uh Corporate situations, I won't get too specific about. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, so. you know, when I'm like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I'm I'm the fucking talent or whatever, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> where, like, where I can feel, uh, where I can feel with people, I just I don't like when everybody's being super appeasing and just. I'm like, let's you know somebody like. Somebody say something foul or something. <laughs> somebody, let's somebody bust balls a little bit. Somebody be real. Yeah, a little bit. You yeah. know, like something. So, um, but yeah, for the most, I mean, I just, I would say like a lot of my comedy is based on just defiance and being like, why is this? A lot of it is why is this happening? I'm wrong. You're right. Okay. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's a, that's the core of a lot of the. Uh, like the the stories comes from why is this happening? I'm wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm right. You're wrong. Did I say I'm right? I'm wrong. You're right. Whatever. Yeah. But yeah, like sh- just simple little shit that just sticks. Like I've been t- <laughs> the other day, uh, I was at another hotel, uh, and I ordered. I was about to order an omelet, and uh, it was like a choose your own omelet. Pick three items, and I was like, uh. And the waiter said, uh, ham, cheese, and mushroom? And I said, no. <laughs> but in my mind, I'm like, who the fuck do you think you are I'm trying to call my omelet? I didn't say that. I did say no kind of disgusted, though. <laughs> ham, cheese, and mushroom. I never had that omelet in my life. It sounds really strange. <laughs> but just to, uh, <laughs> but even if for, for, to win in my own mind, I went way off with my t- usual omelet order. I was like, turkey sausage. <laughs> never ordered turkey sausage in the oven. Never. It's going to be ham or bacon. It's right. never turkey sausages to me. Turkey sausage, spinach. I was just ordering just to. He didn't even realize his battle was happening. Right. Damn. <laughs> How often do you find yourself in battles with people where they don't know you, you're battling with them? Sometimes people know that the battle is happening, but that's just one where it was he didn't know. Yeah. You got a bit in your act where you talk about. Uh, your your choice of shirts and that you wear a particular type of ugly shirt so that you can tell like if people are being real with you or not. Like, oh yeah, if, yeah. Like if they compliment it, then you like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh now that bit always stuck out to me though, because it, 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 it begs the question like, so do you find yourself around fake people more and more? I think it's just I think it's was not fake uh, it's just people like to 
everybody wants to be agreeable sometimes and just some like not necessarily fake. I'm trying to remember which shirt it is. <laughs> I think at the time you was just like, man, every shirt. <laughs> I think I was wearing. I, I had my Hawaiian shirt phase yeah, in I the think, summer. I think, yeah, I think it was that. I think I like. I genuinely like Hawaiian shirts. I was just more doing that as a joke. Uh, but loud shit is just fun to wear. Also, like, I mean, you girls did, you like did. loud shit too. They just like. I think girls like bold choices. Right, like you wearing like, the, the suit with your face on. It, yeah, right? that's the boldest choice. But that was for a stage. Right. That was a pure <laughs> right. stage outfit. Like that was a costume. That was a costume. Okay. It was fun, to, and it just made. And I will say that it gave me energy. You know what I mean? Because uh-huh. like, if you wearing something like that on stage doing stand up, you like. You can't fuck around. You can't be like, uh, what's up? Baby? <laughs> like, if you wear, I mean, I was wearing that at, uh, on, at big shows, you know what I mean? That was for the Eyeball Tour. Right. That was for, um, you know, 15,000 people, some of those shows, like huge shows, outdoor amphitheaters on a big screen with six or seven other comedians on the show. So that was my way of, being, and all of the people don't know me. Right. So that was my way of being like, I'm wearing a motherfucking jumpsuit. <laughs> I'm doing some stand up. I'm a DJ up here. And at the end of my set, five or six ballerinas are going to come out <laughs> and I'm going to rap this song. And you will not forget me. Whether you, whether you like me or not, you'll be like, I remember that jumpsuit, my brother. I hated him. <laughs> but you will not forget. <laughs> so, I mean, so, you know, so part of your act, you know, along with, Sounds like part of the style of dress is about bold choices. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely it it, it developed into that. Hmm. Just having fun and ma- yeah, making bold choices. Have you uh, you have you ever made a bold choice for your acting? You like that? Did you realize it was a mistake? I mean, with certain jokes. Okay, yeah. Yes. I think I think I mean more like the other stuff, like the, the other stuff, like. Because, Cause I know, like the ballerina thing, it sticks. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. That that obviously goes. But well. something in that vein, something in that vein. I'm trying to think if I had. Uh, what have I tried? I mean, I've tried different cues with the ballerinas. Right, 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 right. Where I've had like done a joke. I was like, let me try to use the ballerinas in a different way. It's been when I'm getting tired of uh, doing jibbers. Like, let me try the ballerinas in a different way. And I have, I'll do a punchline and have them run in. On the punchline and do a dance, <laughs> yeah. like, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that didn't work." <laughs> but it, I, I didn't feel bad for trying. So yeah, different um, creative thing. Or oh, one time, it was a weird time where uh, it made me uh, superstitious. Actually, when me and uh, Tony, we did uh, Notre Dame, and so the show went well. I went into like when I go to religious schools, mm-hmm. like I'll go, I go in hard, or I'll just talk about religion and just really go like in, go, go straight at it, go straight at it, and stuff like that. But and the show went well; they enjoyed it. And so this was in the early stages of me doing gibberish rap. I think I had a couple dances, a couple costume characters, and then I was I was doing gibberish rap. This is the first I used to rap over the vocals right. for the first year of it or so. And it was the first time I tried not rapping over the vocal. And then they were like, I was doing it, and then it wasn't going at all. The show wasn't, it wasn't going at all. And uh, 
yeah, I just kept on. I was doing it, and this was like it had been. I knew, I knew the type of reaction it would get. It, it, it would get normally. So I'm like looking at the crowd, like this isn't happening. Right. And so I usually do it five times. Right, 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 right. And I just was like, you know what? I'm keep on going. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, okay, that's that. Y'all don't like that? Well, here it is again. Oh. <laughs> like rap, 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 rap. Wow. And ended up doing it like nine or ten times. Damn. <laughs> just, and then I think at one point they kind of broke. And like, I don't know. I mean, I would love to. Uh, I would love to interview <laughs> somebody, somebody <laughs> that was at that show, just to ask them what they're feeling. Uh, I think Tony said. Uh, at one point, he just heard. I didn't hear this, but he just heard some some girl go, "What is going on?" <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, sometimes I will. I mean, for the most part, I like to just put on a great show. But sometimes I will just do shit to just be weird and just kind of <laughs> gauge audience reaction and see if they feel like they need to stay there. Do they need to leave? How do they feel? Are they enjoying it? Even if they aren't laughing, are they just? Except like different things like that. Rapper, rap, rap, rapper. I'm rapper, rap, rap, rapper. In my socks, rapper. Got on my jeans, jeans, the greens. Put on the orange, so shit. Hold a spit, I'm living this all a bit. Different rap, spit shit. I'm living this bit of shit. Manipulative, that's a bit, that's a bit of it, they're killing a bit. Got a chicken dick. I'm living this big and spit. I'm living this, y'all got that, man. Uh, speaking of gibberish rap, um, like when I hear it, I mean it just makes me laugh off top because because I just hear how like damn it's just like so much of rap, especially like modern rap, is yeah. cadence. You know what right. I mean? And you just kind of doing the cadence. Um, is there a grand point at all that you're trying to make with that, or is it just like a, a joke about rap cadence? It's just a. Oh, honest, because people try to have been like, oh, he's making a statement right. about rappers not saying nothing. Uh, with the ballerinas of Kanye, uh, <laughs> I ain't heard it, that it, one. No, I've seen it, I was, but it's none of the acts. It right. was just Tony had one had me hosting his mixtape, so he wanted me just freestyling and talking over stuff, and we were a little, you know, we were a little. Buzzed, <laughs> won't get specific, but it was you know altered state of mind, <laughs> and so that beat came on, and I kind of fired up a little bit, and then we were listening to it back, and then uh, he he played it back for me. I was like, it sounds kind of catchy. I was like, Obviously, I'm biting, but I'm like, it sounds right. kind of catchy. I mean, normally. <laughs> Yo, this is gonna this is gonna be a great part in your biopic. <laughs> it's gonna be a great scene. Normally, uh, I guess some you know rappers or producers would use that as the scratch track and be like, "Okay, that sounds good. Let's put they words put in there." Words yeah, because I, I actually went to a friend's studio where he played me some stuff that like he's a producer and he played me some stuff a rapper rapped on and, was, and it was just like well, and it was like oh he's he's like yeah he's, he's that's just the melody <laughs> so he laid down the melody and then he's gonna put in words later but yeah so i was just like man i like how that sounds and just didn't even the, the, the nobody thought to try to put words in it was just more it was like all right 
Let's put some ad libs. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just about just because that's how I when I'm just freestyling with friends, uh, you know, I'll have the beat for a while and then I'll lose it. But I'm, I'm not just about to go away. So I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to figure it out until I get back. <laughs> and so I'm just going to make noise until I get back. And then it was just catchy to me. And then we put it together and then. I was just excited about it. Put it online, yeah. and people seemed to think it was funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then I wanted to do the live performance, but I didn't want. To, I definitely didn't think the song held up on its own. I wasn't that. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't that confident. So I was like, I need some production with this. So like, maybe I have like ten girls twerking, but like in a small space where, where it looks stu- It's like <laughs> overdone. And, and but then I, it was this video. From this, this guy, it's this guy named Jabari. He throws these parties, surprise party. And I came across this video on World Star of uh, these ballerinas at a party. Is bands that make a dance playing on a live track, and it's a live drummer, and they're dancing ballet to bands that make a dance. This is the craziest juxtaposition. It was just yeah. look. It looked dope. It's right. like I never seen ballet to. A fucking strip club anthem. <laughs> right. And so I was like, I should get ballerinas to this. So I just hit up the guy, because I didn't know anybody. I hit up the guy whose video it was. said, can you link me with the ballerinas? I need them for a live performance. And then I did it once at Midden Factory. I had the ballerinas come through. And, and now it's yeah. an everyday thing. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every town you go to, yeah. you got to find some ballerinas. Yeah. I mean, how do how do you go about it? My ma- Usually, my... Uh, my management will find them. So They'll they do get it. Ahead of it and, and start yeah, they get ahead of it. And now every now and then, we'll I have to put out uh, a tweet or something. Huh. I'm just, but I'm so weird that I don't like tweet. Even though it will help, I don't like tweeting it out because I'm like that spoils it for the crowd. It is. It does. <laughs> even, even if they know what's gonna happen, you don't want to. You don't want them to see how the sauce. I don't want to see them. You know so I, I, mean? I hate even though because I got a lot of followers that that would probably make it happen. Yeah. I've maybe only once tweeted about even in dire straight like i've i've gone without ballerinas before you before tweeting about (laughs) i've just like fuck it we're not doing it i mean i totally get that and i get that in a way i wish i could find the words to express how much i get that but I, i get that too like there's something about like there's something about just that little peek behind the curtain yeah you know what i mean it's like you want to be able to use your twitter for what you want to use it for right not like because you need some shit yeah you know what i mean even though it'd probably be a small percentage that would even be i just i just yeah i don't like doing it yeah uh but it's fun you have a joke about people not treating your asthma seriously yeah yeah how serious is asthma Whereas I need, I have to keep a inhaler with me when I'm out and about. Like I need to probably look into a different treatment. Huh. Where, yeah, I've had to leave places, things like that. I mean, like you have attacks pretty, pretty. Frequently. Uh, not attacks, but yeah, if I don't have it, and it, I can get if I'm short of breath, I'm out and about, then it'll start escalating. Damn. And also, it's been times with after sex, like women feel too good about themselves because oh, I, I have to use the inhaler right <laughs> afterwards and they're like <laughs> she's like don't flatter yourself <laughs> 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 no it's, it's happening
happens every time. So so you don't have like a like a like a medical like every day in hell. It's just only when you need to. It's just only when I, I mean I probably maybe I should use it during. It. But yeah, it sucks, man. I don't know if it's part of me being out of shape or. But it what I remember having. I've had it since I was a kid, but I had a a long period where I didn't really use it right. at all. I don't remember using it that much in college or some. It was like a six-year period where I remember it not being an issue. But, uh, yeah, it stinks. It's funny. I had, uh, I mean, I had it pretty bad when I was young. Like, I used to get hospitalized for it. Like, uh, I'd be laid up in Mercy yeah. Hospital in Chicago for, like, three or four days because I need, like, medical-grade breathing treatments. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and um, I, like, when I got to high school, everything kind of calmed down for me. And, uh and it kind of went away. But when I went to Carbondale, yeah. that first semester, I was having an as I was like waking up in the middle of the night having an asthma attack almost yeah. every night that first semester. I don't know if it was a difference in air quality. I don't know what it was, but look, Carbondale messed me up, messed up my breathing. It's Dude, awful. It's messed up like cool moments. <laughs> yeah. Me and uh what's that? That's like fuck. That's like three years ago. Uh, I took my girlfriend to Cabo too early in our relationship. We <laughs> 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 we had a great time, and uh, we uh, were on the beach. We went. We had put our stuff in this locker, and so we're we we we're swimming out. We're in the we're in the ocean, and we're heading out to this. It's like this big ass inflatable floaty thing that people are kicking it on. So we, we're heading out to that. And I'm in the middle of the, and then my asthma just starts fucking up. Damn. And I'm like, oh man, fuck. And I and it, and like that thing, now the locker, that locker is far. And I'm in Shit. the middle of the water. And I'm like, oh man, I gotta get back out of, and I, I'm like, my whole fucking, if I was light skinned, my face would probably be blue or some <laughs> shit. And, and so I got to head back. And so she's up. Because she had actually hopped on the thing and then, but didn't realize I, tur- I turned around. I couldn't even, like, I didn't even have the wherewithal to be like, hey, I got to go. It was right, just like said, I had to turn around, head straight. She sees a little bit after that. I'm going, so we heading back. We go to the lock. I'm like, where's my stuff? So people, I'm like, super short of breath. We're looking through my stuff. Looking through it. Can't find it. Can't find it. Where, where is it? Looking through it. It was in my swimming truck's pocket. Oh, shit. The whole time. In hella, in my pocket, on me. And I. God <laughs> damn. And then it was just like, all right, let's leave the beach. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a downer. It was like, all right, let's go. Damn. <laughs> Horrible irony. Yeah. So you, you finished season one of the TV show. Yeah. Uh, I can remember when you was making it. Mm-hmm. Uh, matter of fact, yeah, you know, I had uh, met with you at the same hotel to work on. Yeah, to work on an f- ill-fated <laughs> sketch. <laughs> and ill, it was. It sound- was yo, the the thing that was so funny to me because because you know the process of your show it was such a quick turnaround. I think yeah. it was it was like a Sunday night we was working on that and y'all shot it like Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And by the time y'all, it was completely different than... It was, 
Yeah. Than what than uh than what we had. But it was it out. was a bad idea in general, <laughs> just because this was talking about the final piece on my my show on that on the first, first episode, episode of why this uh the uh yeah declaration of independence but for me not having a tv show right. sounds good on paper but the execution it was it was too many people on stage that weren't me uh-huh. for a final bit of a first episode it was a lot of it was a lot of things going on do you uh, i mean but i was gonna say that the process of you making it i mean yeah. you're just turning them episodes around every week yeah very quickly super mm-hmm. topical what you know trying to execute ideas um, in a real rapid fire fashion and I remember he was being he was like very stressful while he was going through it and making it um, like it sounds na- like now like you go like you do you go back and, and analyze it now that's what it sounds like you did with that with that well first I didn't sketch. I haven't watched them right no right <laughs> <laughs> but I remember most of them very clearly yeah. <laughs> so how do you how do you what what do you what are you where are you at with it now like how do you feel about that first season how do you feel about uh it was cool i mean it still is it's funny going from that kind of bubble uh-huh. it is weird what was the bubble like i mean the bubble of looking back like oh shit i had a tv show for a few months <laughs> like my own because it doesn't feel like like when i out and about i'm gonna go with that like it's not like a. it's not in the front of your mind it's not the time. front of my mind but then yeah sometimes i'm just sitting like, oh yeah i did have a had a TV show on a major cable network. It was cool. I mean, it, I did some stuff that I enjoyed on there. Uh, yeah, it was just I don't know about the, f- the I don't know if the format suited me mm-hmm. the best. But I I, I uh, yeah it it I don't think it's gonna be the best thing that I do. Right. I think it definitely gave me some experience. Uh, in learning how to run a ship, you right. know, uh, and how to, you know, put together ideas and flesh out ideas and work with people and, and collect. Like, I learned later in the season how to just ask the writers, like, how to direct a writing staff into what I want more so than them just writing uh just writing right. i learned late oh i just got to say this mm. and then they'll write towards that uh so yeah, it was a it was a cool experience and yeah i learned a whole lot and got to you know work with some fun people got to put a lot of great music on that was fun yeah it was it was awesome for me Uh, and uh it was dope but yeah i'm excited to to work on something else i mean if i did i don't think i'll do that again but if i did it would be a big revamp i think my next thing is gonna be more of a a straight up uh acting thing but it was it was cool but it was a it was a you know it was a pressure cooker having Mm -hmm. that just shifted into that where it was like film it was weird definitely weird going into the edit room right. like 30 minutes fresh off of off of shooting, off of, shooting <laughs> off of being in front of a crowd right and then going into edit room looking at yourself 
my glasses were fogging up a lot. That's one thing <laughs> that I kind of I kind of hated. I was like, oh, fucking glasses fogging up again. Uh, but yeah, it was it was cool, man. I mean, do, so you are you do you find yourself thinking of new ways to do it a lot? Like, is there a lot of your mental resources going towards that right now? No, okay. not at all. My mental resources are just no. It's not about. I mean, I it's top thing is stand up like that's right. the easiest thing to think of occasionally i think of uh you know sort of documentary idea something like that. i'll think of something but for the most part it's just it's easy i think it's just my most natural setting is writing stand up mm. material like, okay. uh, like it just comes it just comes the most naturally to me right uh but i you know i i will do something it was funny just the the messages from people sometimes you're like it's over for you fuck <laughs> the show it's like, all right we'll see <laughs> <laughs> fuck that 15 minutes are over like, all right see you next year this is that's the, the uh that was the the twitter bio the twitter <laughs> like, why, why are they so angry it's just more i don't get upset at people it's just more like why did you feel the need to say that yeah why don't you spend your time uh, tweeting somebody you like. You know that's the funny <laughs> thing about me. It's like okay, my uh, my corner of Twitter. It's very it's very small. It's very manageable. Yeah, and it's very easy to curate. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, when I have a moment like I did on your show, right, where I get this few days of national national exposure. Yeah. And I start to see that other side of Twitter just getting rebranded. I'm like, ugh. It's weird, it. man. It's I weird, it, man. I don't, yeah, I don't really engage anymore. I yeah. just more watch it. Like, I'm watching from more of a, a analyst standpoint where I just like, who is this person in real life? <laughs> like, do they go to the grocery store and shit? Like, that's a real, I think some people do that. That's their outlet from normalcy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Where it's just they just that's how you that's how people just like just get a different feel. They want to do something different. They want to uh, so it you know that's part of it. If you want to be active well, on social media, yeah, yeah. And you don't have to be used to strangers just <laughs> just saying the same saying foul shit to you. Nobody nobody pops crazy. Out and about though right. That's one Never Not once Just straight up Square up Their feet With my feet <laughs> And look me in the eyes Not Once And I'm Always I'm out right. All the time Multiple Nobody shows guards. I go no. to I go to clubs I go everywhere You know you I'm do I'm solo man. I tell I don't, It's so funny man I go to The strangest places Uh and, and the homies would be like, yeah, we was doing a show here last week and Hannibal just popped up. I'm like, damn, for real? Here I, in Albuquerque? <laughs> like, I go out, man. Yeah. I like being out. I mean, it's, I, it's, it's tough to wind down. So I like to go out and get a feel, nightlife, hang out. That's tight. Have some drinks, talk to girls, whatever. Just fucking be social. Be a fucking yeah. entertainer. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I wonder, like, am I like, doing this because I want to do this? Well, am I doing this because I feel like this is what an entertainer is supposed to do? <laughs> it's just you and Bill Murray, though. Don't nobody else do that shit. You know what I mean? Everybody else be kicking to the mansion parties or some shit, man. Yeah, I, don't, yeah, I like to be out and about. Uh, so, yeah, but nobody nobody ever 
n- nothing out and about. Maybe I'm, yeah. Yeah, shit. It's all good, man. Sp- spread the spreading the uh, the joy and merriment in the world. Um, <clears throat> so stand up above all. Like that's that's the the number one thing. Yeah. Now, I mean, you've you've had like kind of a long television career now too, though. Like if you look at starting writing on SNL, writing on Thirty Rock, Eric Andre. Yeah. Your show, Broad City, like you've kind of had like a really full TV career. A nice one, yeah. Several years, yeah. Do you ever see yourself completely getting out of that, or is it always is it always going to kind of feed back into the stand? I don't. I mean, I think the progression is just of finding that right show that's Mm -hmm. my show. Right. That's pretty much it. It's just like my vehicle with my point of view and um, that sort of thing. It is finding the right show. Have you seen Man Seeking Woman? No. I think somebody mentioned it to me, but. It's dope. It's on Hulu. Okay. The first uh, season's on Hulu. Second season's airing now. The show is crazy. Okay. It's weird. Where it's like, I could see myself doing. I want like something in that. It's a. It's a. It's kind of surrealist. They'll take regular relationship situations and then just escalate them into this crazy shit. What's an example? Like, I think one episode, uh, like it's a episode where Eric, Eric's is Jay Baruchel. Hopefully I'm pronouncing it right. Eric, and then Eric Andre is his best friend. Jay is okay. the lead. Uh, Jay gets a new girlfriend, uh, and uh, Eric's character is like trying to hang out with his friend, and so he's like, trying to find time to hang. He wants to hang out with his friend, so you know, then the, it just uh, one. It's a scene. It's like a negotiation scene with lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> it's lawyers on either side, and they're like. Uh, what do you need? And, and Eric's character's like, I want to, um, you know, uh, cut down from 40 hours of Xbox to 30 hours of <laughs> Xbox and blah, blah, blah. I said all these things. And then uh, Jay's lawyer says, uh, wings once a week. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so that it's just, yeah. It's, so it's just a lot of different shit like that where okay. it just goes into this fantasy world. Um, so that's why you, you, you're thinking, you're thinking probably more, uh, scripted yeah more scripted thing something that just can be really worked on not mm-hmm. to say that the schedule of why is why is why i didn't like it but oh why could maybe it could work with some tweaks uh but yeah i just yeah that's the next thing is to figure out the right the right lead thing for me right so i mean in in the realm of stand-up I mean, especially in terms of like, I mean, stand up overall, but in terms of like black stand up, man, like, you know, you work alongside Chris Rock, work alongside Dave Chappelle, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Uh, Kevin Hart, like the biggest in the business and some are like the biggest and best ever. Like what what does that feel like for you having, you know what I mean? Having being somebody who started looking up to all these people, how's it feel to like be in that inner circle? It's crazy. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, I've gotten to watch Chappelle dozens of times over the years. Right. And 
It's all I, you had given me a, a bootleg of the uh, Killing Them Softly audio CD. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh damn, I, I forgot about that. Yeah, I don't even think that was put out as a CD in real life. I don't was think it? it was. <laughs> it was just an HBO special. Yeah, that's it. Somebody, somebody ripped the, the audio, audio yeah. and put it out on Napster or yeah. something. And so that's how I started listening to Chappelle, and I rewound the bit, uh, uh, the bit, the uh, Dave, I'm gonna race him. <laughs> Ways it's like Chip was drunk yeah, driving. Yeah. He's like, I was, I was gonna tell him it was a bad idea, but I was high. I tried to tell him it was a bad idea, but all it came out was. Shit, nigga, sometimes you got to race. I don't know. <laughs> I probably rewound that 50. I rewind that, just that part. Shit, sometimes you got to race, nigga. I don't know. And so I've done a lot of shows. So whenever he's, if he has a run of shows in New York. Yeah. Like, I, well, I'm welcome to jump on those shows. Like, no question asked. That's which amazing, is a, man. Was an honor. And so one time I was kind of drunk. <laughs> and I was like, yo, uh, all right, before I go, uh, Dave's one of my favorite comedians. I watched him starting out. I don't need to do this, but I'm going to do a cover of my favorite Dave Chappelle <laughs> joke. Oh, shit. How did that a, go over? Uh, it went all right because people knew the joke. Right. I didn't nail it, <laughs> but it he, he was cool to do. And he, I think he, he was like, i never seen that before, man. <laughs> doing a comedy cover. Thanks. So he, I think he appreciated it. But it was... It's cool, man. Like even last week, he, I was uh, I, I um, my sleep schedule was a little off, so I I taken a nap. I woke up like, I took a nap and woke up at like seven, eight, something. So I pulled up. It's this website, the Comedy Bureau in L. A. Oh, yeah, I know Jake. That's yeah. my homie. <laughs> so this shows all the shows, the comedy shows. That's where I look for when I, what 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 spot I want to drop okay. in on. So it's Thursday, and I'm like, let me scrolling through, looking at the spots and shit. And then I'm like, oh shit, Dave Chappelle playing that club by here. Um, and uh, I think that's just Echo Park or whatever. Yeah. I performed with him before. And it's, uh, I think, doors at 8. It's like, um, it's close to 8, 7.45. I'm in the hotel. And then I just hit up the, the guy from Last Nation, like, uh, who's on the show? Can I can I fall through? They're like, come through. Mm-hmm. And then... I get there a few minutes before my set and go on. That's crazy. And then Rock went on after yeah. me. Chris Rock went on. So it was just, just to have somebody you admire like that and watch like that, be able to, what they, like, of course, right. you can come on the show. Like, it means, like, I don't take it lightly. Like, I'm like, that shit feels dope. And that's <laughs> what, like, when, when that, that's what I have in the back of my head with anybody. Like try to talk shit about me. It's like ah, you can talk shit, but like the best of the best, <laughs> fuck with me. I don't know what you do for a living, <laughs> what restaurant you work at, what fucking corporate shit you work at, but the top motherfuckers in my field, if they're in the city, I could pop on this show. Can you say that about your business? I doubt that you can. Damn. So fuck off. <laughs> um. So is it is it even possible? Like. Is there a person you would even get starstruck around, like, at this point? You know what I mean? Is that even a thing? Yeah. I get starstruck around athletes all the time because okay. I play NBA 2K. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a different type of. Right, right. It's a, like actors, 
I, you know, actors in great movies, that's awesome. Like, holy right. shit, that's such a, wow. Okay. But when it's NBA players, you're like, I, I've scored 38 points with you. I disappointed a stranger in Ohio because <laughs> you were killing it. <laughs> so it's a different, it's a weirder connect. He's like, yo, man, I dropped 10 threes with you. Like, I, don't, I never say that. But it's, that's when even like it could be a, you know, a mid-level NBA player. I don't like freak out, but I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, 2K. No, it's funny because I'm looking <laughs> at my notes and I wrote down the word demystified when you said that earlier. And it's like comedy's demystified, acting's a little demystified, but you still got it with athletes. It's still that. Yeah, because I don't do, I don't do that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't do that at all, and I can't do that. <laughs> right. There's you no, there's no chance <laughs> of me doing that. I've made that. You know. I may not be a huge movie star, right. but there's a chance. I can maybe figure it out and produce my own shit and <laughs> right. like be the lead in a movie and do a get in shape and do an action movie. Right. There's no chance of me playing an all-star game. So you will game. not get in the draft. I will you not will get in an all-star game. I will not. Not a you chance. Not walk on nobody's. Not even on a Division Two <laughs> team. So, yeah. And, and, yeah, that's a different thing if you're, you know, I've. Bought the 2K series since probably 2000. I mean, I played it for years and years, but bought it for the past seven, eight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you see players change and shit, and like people come in the game and <laughs> they get better on the game. Right. Shit, like it's uh-huh. a weirder thing where you're like, I know, man, I'll be fucking, I'm you sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pretend to be you I'll all pretend yesterday. to be young sometimes, man. I'll be like yelling and shit while I'm you at my place. Hell no. What has it been like? I mean, I'm assuming, you know, you come from a working class family. Yeah. You know what I mean? So how is, what has it been like to become somewhat wealthy? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, was your family were they good with money? Did they did they instill you any of those values? No. Okay. But not on purpose. It right. was just <laughs> they just didn't have them. So. It wasn't neglected. <laughs> it was just more of a. Uh, uh, it's been it's been different. It's just I. Uh, it's nice. It's I paid off my parents' house That's like a year and some change ago, and send them. They retired. I send them dough every month like this and. Like, you send my grandmother money every yeah. month. So it's nice to be able to do those things. Because I don't, like, I I still stay in the same apartment. Right. That's cheap as fuck. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I'm looking to buy a spot, but I'm like. You're not looking hard. I'm not looking that hard because I'm <laughs> traveling all the time. My spot is cheap for New York. I pay 18. Williamsburg. Williamsburg, I pay yeah. 1800 a month. That's crazy. Uh, and so my. Overhead is low. <laughs> right. I had no kids. I don't own a car, and so I'm able to, you know, help people when they need it. And it's not gonna really, you know, I don't have a, any. I don't have these crazy debts. Right. I'm out of debt, so it's nice, man. It's nice to have flexibility. It's nice to just work, and and it's, you know, I'm the at Christmas. I'm the uncle with the fly ass gifts. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll get my nieces and nephews. Buying hoverboards and shit, huh? I actually uh this is the second this this year, 
Cause I uh, my my sister moved to Phoenix, and uh, she uh, uh, also rich, not wealthy. Right, I just right. thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Oh, you know, it's it's hard to say rich when you don't really know the numbers. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, On yeah. my end, so wealthy sounds like right. You know, well, uh, no, that's uh, Chris Rock had that joke oh, like. Uh, okay. Shaq is rich. <laughs> the guy writing Shaq's checks is wealthy. I see. I see. That's <laughs> but real. I don't know. It's fucking here. I just thought about that. But uh, I bought my. Uh, I was on. I was online. I've been online when I'm on Amazon buying gifts. The past couple of years, I'll just tweet out like, "Oh, jokingly like thinking about buying my dad a beat machine." <laughs> <laughs> I was joking like that'd be funny, but what if I bought my dad a beat machine in his sixties, and then he gets like a beat placement on like Little Dirk's? That would be fun. That'd be hard. <laughs> but uh, so I was I was just joking like I should get my uh, nieces and nephews a drum set. Just to piss my, so I ended up buying him a drum set, and somebody like, you should get them a theremin. And so I bought there's this mini theremin. Holy shit! That I bought them on Amazon. They just making ghost noises at home. And I shit. don't know. Hopefully they they use. It. I'm gonna I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to check in to see if they're using that. If not, I'm gonna just ask for it back you got for Jack myself. The theremin. Hell yeah! But uh, it was funny because uh, <laughs> I'd seen Eugene Merman, comedian, yeah. uh-huh. use a theremin on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I still didn't. I knew what it was, but I didn't know how to explain it in a in a way to to anybody really. So that so everybody's like, "What's this?" I was like, "Uh, it's like a you put your hand next to it and uh, you kind of." All right, let me just hook this shit up. <laughs> and show it. <laughs> let me just hook it up. But it was pretty dope though. I mean, I don't know. It was it was kind of fun to. It was fun to use. I should, I can imagine that should be pretty therapeutic. So if, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm check in on all of them. Like, are they using that theremin? Go get that Give theremin. me that shit right now. I'll send the fucking FedEx guy to you. So without coming from a family that that really had a lot of acumen with dealing with money, like what it what like how how have you gone about learning how to be good with it, not just like tricking it off? Like where where do you get? The- oh, I trick it off occasionally, but okay. I just don't like not in a crazy way. Right. But yeah. I get jets sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I've had to get jets because like private jet because I have missed flights. Yeah. Well, shit. I mean. Yeah. So I like I had it's to good take to have a, an option. I had to take a jet to the Bieber roast. Oh. I would have missed the Bieber roast if I didn't charter a jet. And it was just you on a jet. <laughs> it was just me. That seems like a real weird feeling. It's happened more times than I like. <laughs> <laughs> God damn! You yeah, have, I feel like you have to get a stranger, somebody, somebody got. It's been a one time you. where I was, where I took one to Seattle from New Orleans, and I just hit up this, it was this girl I knew in New Orleans. I was like, "Please come with me. <laughs> I will fly you back. Please come with me." I can't do this time. Sometimes it's so yeah, it's so it's it's fine, but it is it is something where I'm like, man, I'm on this shit by myself. This shit sucks. <laughs> one time, uh. It was at the end of this bus run that I did, and uh, I did a 10-day bus run starting from New York, working all the way down to West Palm Beach, Florida, and I was starting up production on on the movie Daddy's Home, 
in New Orleans that Monday. I had a gig the Sunday. They wanted me to cancel the gig Sunday and just be there Sunday night. But I'm mm-hmm. like a worker, so I'm like, how can we figure this out? Where I just get in. I want to do. I still want to keep this show right. in West Palm Beach. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, the compromise was that me and uh, Paramount was split the cost of a jet. I'll keep my show. Uh, and so I, Al Jackson was out with me. He had a buddy who had a boat in in uh, in West Palm. But he had he was part of a boat club. So we go out on a boat. It was kind of it was nice. It was cathartic. Like I was stressed out. We were hanging out on a boat, drinking. Not even that messed up. We go out. We go back to the bus. On the bus, everybody else is went into the hotel. We parked outside. I was, me and Al just on the bus listening to rap mm-hmm. and just down in vodka for no oh, reason. Shit. Just to the point where I, as a switch happens, I don't realize the show's happening. God damn. Like, I don't, we get to the venue and we get, we get backstage and I'm looking around at, it's like, you know, Pineapples and bottle of Jameson, some almonds, yeah. and and I was like, "Why is this shit all? Why is all the shit that I like here?" <laughs> <laughs> that was a real question. Why is all the shit that I like here right now? And I thought, oh, God. in my drunken mind. <laughs> I thought they were trying to force me on stage on some like get like I, was, I thought there was like an added show that I didn't know about. Damn, I was out of it. It's a bad show. <laughs> How long did you do? Like an hour or some shit? I probably did long. I probably that was the one where I probably should have kept to the old school forty five minutes, <laughs> which is the typical stand up format ten for the ten fifteen for the host twenty five thirty for the middle and forty five minutes yeah. for the headliner, but. I I probably did a little over an hour. God damn. A lot of refunds. Really? I took an L on that show. Damn. And then hung up, still messed up, hung up, had to, they packed me up and I had to head to the to the jet. So it was just me, drunk as fuck, on a jet to New Orleans by myself. <laughs> <laughs> After tanking the show. It was the weirdest <laughs> Just saddest luxury ever. It's like, all right, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Damn. <laughs> I still hear about that show from West Palm, motherfuckers. It's like, hope, like they all post about, like, yeah, I'm going to be in Phoenix, everybody. Hopefully you're not drunk like West Palm <laughs> Beach. It's like, all right, my friend. That was a year ago. Let it go. Let it go. If I'm, if I'm going to tank a show, West Palm Beach is the spot. <laughs> yeah, but I feel was. bad about that. Uh, it, <laughs> I mean, you do take your craft serious, so I can I imagine, do. you know. Yeah, I was just, it was a stressful time. Right. So you you rarely ever talk about, like, politics. A little bit. Do you? Not, I don't get deep into it. I talk about, I guess I talk about surface level, goofy politics. Mm-hmm. I talked about Obama on my first, on my first one. My name is Hannibal. I talked about how it's funny, and Obama... Was actively running for president. Oh yeah, yeah. While he was a senator, it's <laughs> like that's that's. I think politics is crazy because you can 
work you could tr- you could have a job and be actively trying to get another job right like that's crazy you can't do that if you work at subway you can't be like i'm at subway I'm trying to work at Queeznos. <laughs> so I don't get Queen's deep into people. It's <laughs> Queeznos got benefits. Yeah. But yeah, so I talk about, I guess I, I don't delve deep into it, but I have a couple. Like, you don't feel the need to pick a side, Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, or go. No, not pick a side. I just talk about, like, if something catches me, I just, uh, like, it was, if I remember doing something about how if, uh, Republicans, if if Barack ag- agreed with something that Republicans said, then the Republicans like, no, we don't like that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> or how I don't like how the new candidates are, they're all old <laughs> right now. Yeah, it's true. Bernie is 74. Is he that? I didn't even know he was that old. Yeah, Hillary is like 68. Yeah. Trump is old as fuck. <laughs> all of them are old, man. I think... Ted Cruz is the only non-old person out of the man, and he's a crazy person. But yeah, I mean, I like I I Bernie. He has some flaws, but he's old as fuck. Is a and people as much as you know they want to be. That's a that's a factor. (laughs) 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 That's a factor. When you like this, uh, you don't want him to be around. It actually do some of that shit. Like. Bernie seventy four. David Boyd just died at sixty nine. <laughs> and David Boyd was living a way cooler life. <laughs> so way I chill. I mean, also just the. I mean, the motivation of want to be president. That's so. It's interesting too. Right. It's like, what do you want? Like Bernie, it. It might be the paycheck for Bernie. <laughs> He's Bernie, ready for that raise. Bernie don't have that much money, so that four hundred thousand might be nice for Bernie. But for the other people, what do you want, Hillary? What do you like? It's legacy. Like that is because I think about it's weird to want to do what we do. Like right. be like I want to make money from what I make. Like uh, I say stuff I want to make. That's weird. Yeah. But to be, I want to run the most powerful <laughs> country in the world, and my moments are dedicated to that. As I inch towards seventy years old, wow. is fucking weird to me, man. I mean, it's you know, I mean, not not even you know, saying or assuming what type of quality of work the people do at it what type of job they would how they would be at it it's just a weird i want to be the president (laughs) (laughs) it's an odd ambition to find yourself the president of a country i want i want to run the country i want to go to those meetings i want to go to the i i want to talk to iraq (laughs) it's gonna be me i'm gonna say this i'm gonna be at that shit and be like no fuck you we're sending nukes that's gonna be me in your 60s to want that type of ambition is it's maniacal whether you got good intentions or not it's still maniacal (laughs) thoughts i think yeah but do you ever feel like you know especially coming from like 
the lineage of black comedy in America? Yeah. Do you ever feel like an urge or a pressure to like speak on like Black Lives Matter shit or like you know like black community issues, for instance? Uh, I I don't feel the pressure, but I do it in a I do it in my way. I I comment on it in uh on this special actually huh. in a but not like a direct thing but in a direct way i think it's very people see the bit it's a, a bit about they have go landing at the airport having a like a white cop wanting to take a picture with me huh. and being super geeked out <laughs> and it weirded me out like animal birds like Relax, officer. <laughs> like, can I take a picture with you? Like, in my mind, I'm like, no, I don't want to take a picture. But I'm taking this picture because maybe if I say no, I don't want to take a picture, you might just be like, oh, he grabbed my gun. <laughs> <laughs> but that was that genuinely. It's a real story that happened in uh, Columbia, Missouri, at a small airport. Well, I landed and the cop was just geeking out. I was just kind of, yeah. anytime a cop, not just, I mean, I, cap, I have cops recognize me, but a lot of them keep it cool. They're just like, what up? Yeah, yeah. Cops are like, you a oh, fist bump. But this dude, it was just weird having a cop fan out. He might be the nicest dude, but just but it's like, still that power dynamic. just still that dynamic. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't know, officer. <laughs> you know, like, all right, let's just take this like, motherfucking picture. you watch the news, man? You like, people know. post a picture online, comedian animal birds snitching at the bus stop. <laughs> snitching. <laughs> Rapping, rap, rap, rapping. I'm rapping, rap, rap, rapping. In my socks, rapping. Got on my jeans, jeans, degrees. Put on deodorant. Throw the shit, hold the spit. So that was my talk with Hannibal Burris. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Thank you guys for all of the support, especially as of late. We got a great response on the J Zone interview. Uh, people were talking and letting their friends know about it leaving comments at infiniteguest.org on the podcast page all of that is very much appreciated plus uh subscriptions via itunes or stitcher or whatever your favorite podcast app is and also leaving positive ratings and reviews it really helps us out here also um if you happen to hear a sponsorship message on the show please support our sponsors it helps us keeping uh, helps us keeping the show made for zero dollars keeps my celebrity editor happy so check out my site for shows and info pre-order the new album speaking of which we're going to put the first single check to check right here in the show right now for those who haven't heard it check it out and go to openmikeagle360.bandcamp.com Pre-order Hella Personal Film Festival I'll see you special interest lobbyists Interest Interest Skintrest See you guys next week I'm out! Hey you Hey you I'm about to rap Wait
Hey, hold up. Hey, you. I won't work without checking my phone first. Put it down for my son while I'm checking his homework. The world's in my palm, so I'm checking the whole earth. The thumbnail I use who's swiping my phone hers, huh? Checking it ballparks, checking it Walmart. If it was a caddy, I would check in my golf cart. I'm watching football, then I check every ball start, huh? I live in check to check, I keep checking, living from. 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 Check to check, I keep checking. Incoming calls directly rejected. If you want to talk, suggest you leave a message. I check, check, check like every three seconds. I'm recording right now and I'm checking between texts. Every notification that my phone machine makes. I put it down whenever, but it's never a clean break. I should get a heavy phone and pretend it's a freeway. I'm checking at red lights like school nurse. Check for headlights like sound men. Check for dead mics just like emerging. Checking the left lane. I'm trying to get home so I can check if my check came. Checking if what I sent looks poorly written. But did that dude holler back? No, of course he did. And my laptop don't sleep. Open and shut case, I'm checking for mail while it's checking for updates. My timeline's popping, ain't talking to you. Look, my man, Dark Adam, straight dropping the jewels. I should reduce my check count to a moderate few, but watch pot don't boil so my water stay cool. Living yeah. from check to check, keep checking, living from check to check, to keep checking. Battery getting low, but it's not quite out yet, so check. I'm in your house now, checking for outlets. I need to use maps because I don't know the route yet. I need to see an email, I don't know when the sound check. Yeah, I should have brought it all down from the outset. I'm all under your couch, I really got to figure it just out, it's just an outlet here on the ground, yes, I'm back in the game, back in the game, I'm back in the game, back in the game, I'm living from, check to check, I keep checking, living from, check to check, I keep checking, living from, I control you all day, all night, you will check me constantly, you may never turn me off or put me down, if you do, I will come hunting for you, humans no longer rule the world, machines do, you silly humans sucker, haha.